Hello there, listeners. This is Alex from Forever Classic Games, and this episode is basically the audio portion of a stream that me and Zach did that kind of wrapped up the end of the year without going into our best games of 2019 accolades or even the best games of the decade accolades. So consider this more of like an exploratory conversation about 2019 as a year, not only for us as gamers, but for us as fans of, you know, movies or comics or whatever. So we go into a lot of things that we either really enjoyed about 2019 or didn't enjoy about 2019 and I hope you enjoy this conversation if you want to see these sort of things happen live as well as some just kind of typical twitch content check out our twitch page twitch.tv slash forever classic games as always I hope you have a fantastic day stay cool and please enjoy this episode with kind of the one thing that was a huge project recently and that was the playthrough of Metal Gear I think. Yeah. No, that's an excellent start. Right? So so kind of let's do a, a recap of why you really wanted me to play Metal Gear because this is something we've been talking about for probably 5 or 6 years now. Yeah, give or take. <laughs> Finally. Finally sat down and did it. Yeah, and I'm glad you did. And I, I really wanted you to play it because it's a really interesting adventure from start to finish. Even after you take into consideration the like how much back and forthing it has you do, it makes a relatively small area seem really big. That's true. And that kind of reminds me of Resident Evil is what I was making the first immediate comparison. And I guess because I've been playing Digimon and I've got it on the brain, Digimon World. So they take like these smaller environments and do a lot with them and kind of cram them full of just stuff, right? Or like revisit those same areas, which I think is kind of a detriment to Metal Gear Solid, at least initially, because you are just kind of going through the same, like, eight to ten rooms, but they all feel like they're genuinely connected, and that's interesting. It feels like they're all part of that one facility. Yeah. No, they definitely do. <clears throat> and I still haven't got to play the new Resident Evil, mostly because house stuff. Oh, um, boy. Resident Evil 2 is a good daggone game. I yeah, love it. Awesome. Oh, it's it's so good. <laughs> I cannot recommend that one enough. Try to pick it up between, like, probably as soon as you can, because it's only, like, 20 bucks, and it's super worth $20. <laughs> Even if you're, like, lukewarm on that particular style of game, it's just so good. So, yeah, I sat down and played all of Metal Gear Solid front to back, and I will have, eventually, I don't know, I'm just kind of editing this video for fun at the moment, but I took that massive 12-hour dump of video <laughs> and started <laughs> editing it down and, like, just taking out the funny bits or bits that actually had some sort of meaning. And so I'm making, like, this super cut, essentially. And 
And I don't know if I'm ever going to release it, but I'm putting it together just for fun, I guess. Maybe I'll make like a, a much smaller version of a supercut that's like 20 minutes or something. But so far, I've got like an hour and a half. And it's pretty interesting to like go back and watch. But it, I did it. I did it in about 12 hours, even though there was that one major hang up, which are like, I should have prepared for. You warned me. You sat down and was like, hey, be aware of this one particular torture scene because you can like lose your save. And that's what I did. <laughs> I was like, nah, I'll be fine. I got tough fingers. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no, and I totally forgot, like, after you were done to remind you to save. Yeah. So I felt really bad. And I could not get the ketchup bottle to work at all, and I was so frustrated with it. But thankfully, I sat down and found a save file that just unlocked a bunch of stuff. And because of that, I was able to finagle my way into an area that immediately dropped me into that location. And I was like, oh, cool, this is perfect. I, like, sequence broke the game on accident, <laughs> even though that's entirely what I was intending to do. So not only did I, <laughs> I do that, like, full stream, it's available, well, it might be available on the Twitch stream, maybe it isn't. Either way, I might have some sort of archive or something eventually. It's a big file, so we'll see. But I also oh, wrote yeah. a giant reflection on that experience, which is a featured post on our website. And that post is super cool. I'm actually really proud of it, because it is me coming in as somebody who's, like, surface-level understanding of Kojima. Like, I know a lot of the beats. I know a lot of the weird shit, but I never, like, experienced it for myself. And so I did that, and wrote about it. And I think it's a fantastic little piece, personally. No, it's excellent. To me, but <laughs> I'm a super Hideo fan. Well, yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Whoops, uh, was there anything in particular that you saw me do that you thought was, like, weird or something? Or <laughs> something that you didn't expect me to take a particular stance at? The, uh, during your playthrough? Yeah. I was um, especially interested in your, I'm going to lay down in the middle of the field fighting this tank. He's totally not going to shoot me. <laughs> My favorite was... bit of that fight is when I find the little, like, vent. Like, snuck back in there and was looking at him. I'm like, I wonder if he can see me. And the fucking tank barrel comes out of the corner. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He's looking right at me. You took a couple of bullet shots, I believe. I don't think you took a no, cannon shot. Yeah, no. it wasn't a tank round. Like, the gunner on top eventually pinged me. And I was like, okay, he can legitimately hit me here. I gotta bounce. Yeah. But that was funny, too. I was like, I wonder if I can stick a C4 on the bottom of it by laying down and letting him drive over me. Because earlier in the game, I was underneath tanks. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that little bit of problem solving also didn't work. I've done something and closed all my windows. Oh, no. Uh, I was going to open up the article. I also dropped it in the chat so you can find it yeah, there. Yeah, now, yeah, granted, that's what I was opening up. I did have to find screenshots from elsewhere online. I couldn't use the ones from my playthrough because I was playing on PS3 and it was just so grainy that I just couldn't get a decent enough screenshot. So all the screenshots that people are seeing are just like generic ones that I found online. And that sick artwork by, uh, what's his name? The guy that does all the cool artwork, Shinkawa. Oh, dude, he has excellent artwork. Right? I love it. I'm really sad that, um... What was it? The Left Le Behind? Left Alive. Left Alive. Yeah. Uh, that game sucks. <laughs> yeah, no. I was really sad to see that because I love his artwork for stuff. And that was definitely like trying to be a Metal Gear Solid game in the Front Mission universe. And it just didn't work at all. That's one of the like worst games released this year, I would argue. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I could, I could get behind that being really bad. Just on principle. Yeah. God, I've, I've played... Some real shit games this year. <laughs> Did I tell you about that VR one I have? VR one? 
Yeah, I, I don't even remember the name of it. It's a kart racer that's PlayStation VR, and it is atrocious. <laughs> like, they sent it to us for review on Marooners Rock, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that, oh, actually, we got one from Forever Classic that I thought was terrible. Bee Simulator is a goddamn train wreck. <laughs> Bee Simulator was that bad? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Because, I like, oh, in the no. back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, this is probably going to be bad. But I, I hoped, with all my little hopes, that it was going to be close to Buck Bumble. And I want somebody to do a modern-day Buck Bumble. We've talked about this. <laughs> we have. We definitely have. And I didn't know anything about Buck Bumble until you told me about it. Yeah, so Bee Simulator. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> it's like, what if Superman 64 was worse? <laughs> And you there was were a Superman a... 64? Oh, God. Oh, I keep forgetting that there's some weird shit that I know that you don't. <laughs> that is a hilariously bad game that's basically a fly-through rings simulator on the Nintendo 64. And it's bad. <laughs> fly-through rings? Ooh. Like, that's most of the game. And that's the first thing they want you to do in Bee Simulator. They're like, hey, you're a bee. Here's how you be a bee. And I'm like, oh, cool. This looks like butt, but maybe it'll turn into something. And then they're like, fly through these rings. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Superman oh, no. flashbacks. And then they wanted me to fly through all of the rings within like 30 seconds, and it was a super close time window. And this B goes from like zero to sixty and nothing. So it's the it's just <laughs> the hardest thing to control ever. Like it, it definitely falls under one of the worst releases of this year. I still kind of hope that they go back and fix it because I the like artwork and stuff that they have in the game that tells the story is actually really cute. And it's all oh, about really? bees. And they like take a pro bee stance throughout the entire thing. It's like really educational. But also kind of like stupid and fantasy driven. So <laughs> I, I want it to be good, but it's not. Yeah. Bee simulator. <laughs> but we've gotten, I. that's probably my favorite thing about this year, Zach, is we've done some really cool things for Forever Classic. Not we only, have, we have. Not only have we had like super good guests, but we've got a couple pieces of support from developers by getting a review copy or coming to chat with us and doing some interviews and stuff. So it's been really, really cool. No, we, I feel like we've done some really good just groundwork for everything you know we we laid it what the first year we were trying to do anything with the podcast then we've hit the ground running with the website and stuff and i think we've got ourselves into a really good position yeah and i feel like i don't think i'm gonna have any other absolutely insane shit going on so i'll be able to like sit down and focus more myself again now that i have this house and we're here yeah you guys have moved so that's cool and then hopefully within a year or two i'll be back stateside so that would be great true but yeah, so True. we've really like laid down the foundation for Forever Classic, especially on the website. And that's what I appreciate most about it. I'm just excited to do more. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we I wish so I much, had more time. So much potential. Yeah, no, I, I do too. I have so much different things going on with work, so. Yeah, me too. Uh, like, constant... I was today I was learning new things at the office because they're like oh we've completed most of the work that was needed to be and I was like okay and they're like so there's not much left for you to do I'm like cool and they're like but if we teach you this new thing you've got all sorts of things to do I'm like oh great <laughs> that's what happens me and my team end up like getting taught something new we completely decimate it in like a month and then they're like well shit we gotta find more things for you to do <laughs> filling up one set of things just to be given a whole nother slew to go on top of it. 
Yeah, so I am really proud of our website, personally. I would love to do more for it because there's a lot of things that, like, I'll be browsing the internet and be like, oh, I could write an article on that. And then by the time I get home, I'm like, well, I need to, like, do this and that and maybe spend more time studying for a review or, you know, there's there's a lot of bigger pieces that I've been kind of focusing on. Yeah, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm just stretched thin. Yeah, no, uh, mm, samesies. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're not doing as much as we would normally like to but we're poised to do a whole lot yeah, yeah. i don't know about you dude but i'm tired <laughs> i am too it's um, winter it's dark as hell out here and it just it, as soon as i leave the house it's dark i come back and it's dark and it just sucks <laughs> <laughs> so are you into your really long period of dark there in alaska uh we're on the tail end of it so it goes up until the solstice is your darkest day right and now every day from here on out we get an extra like couple minutes of sunshine or something gotcha so we're coming out of it and it hasn't snowed that bad yet which is great for me because i hate the snow but it has been snowing on the mountains so great for the skiing polks it's a win-win in my book (laughs) yeah no those are those are good wins to have yeah. Dude, the other thing that I want to challenge people out there, because I, I spent a long time cross-referencing some stuff to make this happen. We recently put out a uh, feature of every single Shovel Knight guest that we could find, and then concluded on why there are, in fact, so many. Because I talked to one of the main designers, Alec Faulkner, while I was at PAX West, and I was like, well, why? Why are there so many different iterations of Shovel Knight? Do you guys just say yes to everybody? Like, what happens here? And he goes, well, you know, we kind of designed it so he would fit anywhere in doing any things, and we always kind of wanted to see that. And so when people started requesting it, as long as it was a good idea, we were usually cool with it. So he told me that they get, like, at least one or two requests for Shovel Knight to be in something once or twice a week. That's pretty excellent. Can we have a Shovel Knight mod as your main character for Stardew Valley, then, now that there's multiplayer? I would bet dollars to donuts that exists. Because <laughs> it just seems like a good fit. I bet you it exists for that other game that they have, uh, Starbound. You know what? I'll bet it definitely exists for Starbound. I fucking love Starbound. Right? That game is too good for me, personally. Because <laughs> I can yeah. spend months on it and not get anything done. Same. Same. It's like Terraria, but infinite. Hmm. There's a Stardew and Valley that's... weed mod. <laughs> so that's a that's an option. <laughs> Work on your pot growing skills. Yeah, yeah, Specifically yeah. to go have better relationships with your neighbors. We'll zoom it all just goes hand in hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Shovel Knight is crazy. The fact that, like, he got to be such a popular character. All of those characters are stupid popular now. They are, no. And I I don't even know about half of them. Like, I don't understand, like, the Plague Knight or the King Knight uh, and their playable characters, I guess. Yes, so there are... I'm not that far into it yet, so... Let me give you the lowdown. Shovel Knight started as an indie project that really caught fire on Kickstarter and freaking exploded when the Game Grumps played it and had a blast. Great episodes. They've played that game through, I think, three or four times now on their channel, and it's super popular every time. However, Shovel Knight got a lot of Kickstarter support, and in that Kickstarter, they're like, oh, if we reach this amount of money, we're going to add another character campaign. And so at the time, and I talked to them about this, they were like, you know, we thought that it was just going to be we replace a sprite, and maybe you get some new powers, and you play through the same levels. And then they got to be kind of ambitious about it, and so they started creating whole new campaigns, and that, like, really was successful in Plague Knight. Around the time that became free, all these are free updates. Uh, Around the same time that was available, it was starting to really 
released physically in stores, so you could go out and buy a 3DS copy, a Wii U copy, a Vita copy, you know, whatever. And it was always like 20, 25 bucks. It was super affordable. And so, yeah, Travis was real into it, and I had, I didn't understand anything about Shovel Knight until um he was going on about it. Really, really bit inspired in that kind of era. It's got you know echoes of Mega Man, classic Ducktales on NES. Uh, those are the two main like inspiration pools. But the thing about this game is, so there are multiple playthrough options and the four main campaigns and this is even like you want to break it down further there's like eight different ways to play this game but there's uh there's a shovel knight <laughs> campaign that's the main story that's you know the adventure as it was created and in, in initially you get plague knight who's this like kind of bouncy floaty uses explosions to propel himself in various ways like he's a really interesting character movement wise so and he's like the bakugo of yes shovel knight yes very similar actually so very similar to Bakugo and the thing is is you're playing as Shovel Knight's enemies like you fight Plague Knight and Spectre Knight and King Knight and so those are the other three main campaigns you can play Spectre Knight which has like this cool thing where he's got a scythe and if he's close to an object, he can either slash upwards or downwards. And so depending on where he is in location to that object, you can like zip up a particular direction. And each of these characters have various sub weapons that also change up things. But they just released King Knights, King of Cards, who is not only like a beefier, whiny, like Wario style character with a shoulder rush and like a twirl bounce and stuff, but he's also hilarious and you get this like weird little card game built into that game so you're running around playing a game called Joustus. so now we have a game within a game and a card game within a game and you you play that in universe against other characters and it's crazy (laughs) and to top it all off there's a fifth game called showdown that's basically a light super smash brothers with all these characters including the weird obscure ones so not only are you getting like all this content wrapped into one but now after they've released it and have said okay this is the final price for shovel knight it's 40 dollars. that's it when it first came out it was 25 and before that it was 20 and if you bought the game at any point you get the rest of the stuff for freezies which was cool and that's what i did i think i bought it right after it came out under travis's suggestion and i've had it on playstation ever since guess what you got the other stuff my friend (laughs) even people that played on vita you got the other stuff because they're committed 3ds it's there wii u totally (laughs) like that's what i have it on initially but i ended up buying it on switch shortly after the switch came out because i was like thirsty for more games so i was like i'll pick up shovel knight i fucking love shovel knight and so now my (laughs) switch copy has all the things and it's cool not only that but like there's a co-op mode there's a, a mode that swaps genders of characters depending on what you choose so if you want Shovel Knight to be a lady, you can do it. You want Shield Knight to also be a lady, fucking go for it. You want everybody to be ladies. Awesome. <laughs> it, it, and it changes the gender and, like, the dialogue. And then there's, like, cheat codes. There's, like, hundreds of cheat codes. There's one where you just replace all nouns with the word butt. That's there. <laughs> Shovel Knight is great. It is excellent. It is one of the games that, like, I haven't sat down to do the actual review yet because I want to, like, play as much as I can between now and doing so. But this is a 10 out of 10 game. I'm going to spoil it for you now. That's what it's getting. <laughs> there's so much stuff it's so well thought out all the music at least initially i think on the original release could fit on a legit nes cartridge like it is one of the most authentic like just pure spirited indie retro inspired releases i have ever seen and i've seen a bunch of them (laughs) right and this one sticks that's what's cool like it's it's immediately culturally significant if i show somebody just an image of shovel knight i 
would almost guarantee if they have any sort of gaming knowledge within the past 10 years, then they're going to know that character, and that's only going to get better from here, and that's what excites me. I can't wait to see what they're going to do next with Shovel Knight, and we already know we're getting, like, a different take on the universe with Shovel Knight Dig that's being done by another studio in tandem with Yacht Club Games. And then Yacht Club are working on, like, a Ninja Gaiden sort of, like, ninja side-scroller game called Cyber Shadow. That should be really cool. And they're also hiring for 3D people. So I think we're going to get a Shovel Knight 64 style of game, which is something that Alec was, like, super into the idea of whenever I talked to him. So you strike it as a Shovel Knight 64 style game. It pops in my head like a Mega Man Legends-esque Ooh, that would be good. I don't, well, I don't know. Looking back on it, did Mega Man Legends suck? I think it might have. I loved it. I I did too. I really liked it. But I think think we might be wearing nostalgia glasses on that one because I saw footage of it recently and I'm like, uh oh. Oh no, it looked terrible. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, the way it controls, because it's got this weird, like, tank control thing to a 3D environment, but you're also, like, running and strafing and stuff. I don't know. There's a better way to do that in a modern light. Oh, that's right. It did have the weird strafe controls. I forgot yeah. about those. Yeah, what a weird game. I've beat it. I haven't played the second one, but I have beat the first one. God, I have that on PlayStation. <laughs> we could play that sometime. We revisit it and see it for ourselves. I don't have the game anymore. I used to when I was younger, and then I don't know what happened to it. It's kind of hard to come by anymore. I think I actually own a physical copy, but I don't think it's in very good condition. So I have a digital copy that I can play on my Vita or something. And that's cool. I've, I've run into a couple, but they sell for like a couple hundred dollars. Exactly. Get that shit digital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah, emulate yeah. it. It's the easiest way. It's the most bestest way, usually. <laughs> so yeah. what did you find this year is like, what up to this year, including anything before, has been like the hardest thing for you to play. The hardest? As far as like straight up challenge? Or just something that kind of sucks? Challenge or you just couldn't do anything with it? Uh, God, I have a recent one. I can talk about that, I guess. I I really want to like Jedi Fallen Order. I do. I think it's the coolest like idea that we've had so far for a star wars experience and i want to support that but the performance is so goddamn terrible that i can barely play it it's like jittery and stuttery and characters pop in and textures pop in all the fucking time it's an assault oh no see i haven't watched any play on it because i wanted to actually play it at some point yeah i hope they continue patching performance because again i really want to like it but i mm, (laughs) it's rough And I keep hearing good things about it, so I'm guessing people are overlooking those in favor of other things. There's got to be something that happens at the end that, like, blows people's minds, because my buddy Joe, who was on the podcast a while back for, I think, the Kingdom Hearts episode, he texted me recently, he was like, dude, I finished Jedi Fallen Order, and it was great! And I'm like, mm, I hope, I'm glad you're having a good experience, because <laughs> I've been through two or three planets, and I'm just like, man, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same way I felt about Force Unleashed, actually. <laughs> it's another game that, like, God, I love the idea of it, but mm, I don't know. It's another game that I didn't... Oh, I hit my mic. That's another game I didn't get to play a ton of, but um, what little bit I played seemed a little weird. Yeah, Force mm. Unleashed is interesting. I think it's worth playing through on a weekend if you just want to play on something on easy mode and just, like, kill it. Uh, Marshall had it when we were growing up, and we played it backwards and forwards. I don't remember any of it hardly, but I, I remember really liking the cutscenes in the story. I thought those were actually pretty top-notch. Yeah, no, the cutscenes were excellent. Story was really good. I didn't quite understand it and it might just be that i didn't have the whole gist of what was going on you kind of got to suspend your disbelief on that one a touch yeah you can't i'm not necessarily a universe stickler but i really do just enjoy the star wars universe a lot i like the uh, not essence i like the generals of star wars (laughs) as far as like the just 
the basic concepts and stuff I think are really cool. I don't like getting into the nitty gritty because it kind of collapses all of that magic for me. Have you yeah. watched that there, Mandalorian? That's a pretty interesting show. I guess we won't get into spoilers, but Mando. <laughs> Mando's a, excellent. It's pretty um, good. <laughs> uh, speaking of Mando, we were me and Lauren were having a, ta- or a conversation while we were watching one of the episodes because you know we were like, well, why don't the people understand that there's Jedi? Like, how do these people not know? Oh, you know, haven't the Death Star haven't been a big deal? Yeah, in the universe, like, but uh, apparently some people just don't understand the Force in the universe as well. So it's not just an everybody knows. Well, like, I guess the only thing that if you're not connected to the Resistance and you don't really give a shit about what the Empire is doing, you may not be in those news circles right right but it it gave rise to her being like you know so who can use the force who can not like this sort of thing back and forth and i was like well you know it falls into a bunch of different places because she was like so we kept having the a lot of people have the confusion like what a mandalorian is and that it's not a people it's more like a Um, life choice yeah yeah it's it's definitely like you you have accepted a culture that is now you that accepts everyone as long as you follow the tenets or the creed or whatever and i think jedi and and sith both kind of fall into that category as well even though there is a definite like biological thing that can determine it yeah and the thing is like anything can be a mandalorian but not necessarily a mandalorian can become something else without giving up mandalorian stuff Right, yeah, they're pretty uh like focused in on something. Like you you if you choose to be a Mandalorian, most likely if you drop out of it that you're done. That's like you're probably not going to be a Mandalorian again. Right, but that gives an interesting rise because a Jedi or a Sith can be a Mandalorian. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you could technically be a Mandalorian previously and take up a Jedi mantle, I guess. I don't no, know. you could still what? follow your Jedi tenets and be a Mandalorian under their creed too. Probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel I like there'd know. be a political thing there because like the Mandalorians have their thoughts and beliefs and that may or may not conflict with the Jedi because let's be real, the Jedi do some weird shit. They, they do. This steal children at the age of three and teach them how to be sorcerers. <laughs> yeah, they do some questionable stuff. But it still can happen and is like a weird, not spoiler thing. It, it definitely has happened in the previous yeah. history of uh, Star Wars stuff. I think what Mandalorian made me realize is how much I like it. To me, Star Wars is most interesting when it's being treated like Shakespeare. When you have things that are like the ideas of things or like archetypes and then people do different things with that. I've always found that interesting because I like the stories of like uh, even Republic Commando on uh, the old computer and Xbox game that was a cool little story and it was all about like clone soldiers and then you have the mandalorian which is all about like one guy just running (laughs) around being a bounty hunter right oh but the point i was gonna make with all of that is the funny thing is like we have this yoda's race species thing that they don't have any information on yeah is a little force wielding thing that's not necessarily a Jedi or a Sith yet, and it's totally going to learn about the Mandalorian code as it grows. Mm, so, so you're going to have one little Force-using son of a Mandalorian crazy thing. That could be interesting. A right? weird little Yoda the... that's, like, under the Creed, but also a Force user. <laughs> right? Can you imagine him with the helmet on and, like, jetpacking? <laughs> I like Baby Yoda, personally. I do, too. He's great. He's super cute. Thank God they decided to go practical effects rather than CG, because that was a discussion, I think. Like, the executives were like, oh, we'll just make it CG. And the dude that really pushed for puppets were like, no, puppets! (laughs) 
<laughs> Puppets are uh, out I, or something. I don't know. I like it in most of it. There's some times where it like he just looks funny enough that it like jars me out of what's going on. Uh, yeah, there are moments where you're like, yeah, it's a doll. And also, they no. give him the most stock baby sound sometimes, and I hate that. <laughs> I wish you would make a different noise. Yeah. For sure. If they ever do a Blu-ray release, I hope that gets edited in as like, oh, here's some actual, like, <laughs> made-up baby sounds. <laughs> I'll tell you what else I've been doing here recently, Zach. I've been kind of exploring some 90s nostalgia on Maroona's Rock for some projects over there, right? So if you're listening right. to this and you happen to be interested, we are currently doing a giveaway for Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. We have five or six copies for the PS4 that we're giving out. And that'll all be available on the link in the chat. If you just go to maroonersrock.com and... On the right-hand side in the features column, there's a giveaway for that game. And I played it. I did a review on it. And it's surprisingly better than I figured it would be. (laughs) So in case you weren't aware, Power Rangers have gotten a recent resurgence here in the past, I don't know, five or six years, right? And it's all kind of hinged on these comics that explore a more mature Power Rangers in a more connected, expanded universe. And so you have characters like the one of the main antagonists, Lord Dracon, is an alternate version of Tommy that, like, takes the, the evil Green Ranger powers and mixes them with the White Ranger powers, and he's, like, this badass, like, white-Green Ranger hybrid and also a bad guy, but still totally Tommy, but it's crazy. <laughs> and so this is a fighting game in the style of, like, Marvel vs. Capcom. So it's a 3v3 kind of fighter where you're switching characters and calling in assists and doing super moves and that type of thing. And it's not nearly as, like, super movie flashy as some of the other games. And it's way simpler in its execution. Like, there's no quarter circles you gotta do or anything like that. And most of your moves are just very simple tool sets. And so, because of that, it's actually a fun little-ass fighter. (laughs) Now, the takeaways from this is the stages are butt-ugly. And some of the visuals don't look super great. And there's not a lot going on in the mode department, but they are adding crossplay here soon. I thought it was already out whenever I started this review. That's not the case. So there's a patch being added to add crossplay for the PS4. Everybody else is already playing on crossplay. And so I think that's the best chance that you could give this kind of game because there's like a select few people that are going to play it per platform. So if you get them all together, you have more people to play with. And it, it works. It's pretty fun. It's not super expensive. You can get all the DLC and the game for 40 bucks, or you can just get the game for 20 Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, it's surprisingly better than I would have thought. <laughs> what did, did you ever like the Power Rangers? What's with you and Power Rangers? Tell me. I, I love the Power Rangers, especially after I learned yeah. that, uh, what is, oh, Lord, I forgot Tommy's real name. Uh, Jason David Frank. Jason David Frank, especially after I learned that he was an MMA fighter, too. It was very yeah, cool. Yeah, I've met and him. And he does he's all a cool sorts dude. of stuff. He goes to cons and stuff still. Yeah, no, he's cool. Like, he, he'll go to cons and hang out with people and do panels, and <laughs> he's got, a like, a world record there for a little bit for jumping out of planes and seeing how many boards you can karate chop. <laughs> he's a badass yes. dude. <laughs> he is, he is, he's. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, that's honestly, I was into Power Rangers for a while and then I didn't really care because it just got muddy and weird and repetitive. Yeah. So I don't really know a whole lot of the newer ones, but I like the universe of it. And we I... just recently watched like the Toys That Made Us episode. Oh, Power yeah. Rangers, oh, and it was really, really cool. cool. Mm-hmm. I um, pointed to that information actually for the review because they talk about how it was like one of the most successful franchises and it changed the world and. It's just really interesting. Definitely did. And it, it was just a simple concept. Yeah, well, some oh. dude was watching Tokusatsu, and he's like, I bet you I can make that into an American TV show. And they're like, you're dumb. <laughs> and then 10 years later, he did it, and he's like, here it is. And then people flip their shit. Yeah. 
and they continue to flip their shit. Yeah, and sell a fucking lot of toys. It's still popular, and what's crazy is the certain seasons are still popular, like the Mighty Morphin series. Even the Zio series has some popularity. Uh, in my opinion, I really liked Lost Galaxy, even though I don't remember hardly anything about it. That's when the like canonical story kind of ended, as far as the like American all connected universe type of thing, right? So they went on right. season to season, and the story still kind of kept going. Like Lost Galaxy was the end of that, and that's where I kind of lost interest. But like nowadays, you got this Battle for the Grid comic book too that is exploring some of those like original characters, and you know what are they into now? What sort of cool things can we toss them into? And I think the Power Rangers fandom right now is even for people like me who are older and like still have a lot of memories about Power Rangers and still want like a slightly more mature angle for it for people like us. It's a great time to be a fan because that comic is supposedly great, and there's a lot of things coming out of that comic. Really? Yeah, like this game, you have a mobile game that's done by the same people that's not near as good, but it's also got some cool characters in it. Again, the comics are great. There's a board game, I think, out there that's supposed to be really good. There's the (laughs) fan productions by uh, Rocket Jump on YouTube. It's Alex from the future. It wasn't Rocket Jump on YouTube. It was actually Bat in the Sun. Bat in the Sun has a lot of different Green Ranger versus Ryu, White Ranger versus Scorpion. There's a lot of really cool, uh, like, miniature fan films that they do, including the upcoming, or at least the the one that they've been pushing there recently, called Legend of the White Dragon. So check out Bat in the Sun on YouTube and online. Back to the episode. Future Alex away! So they brought in Jason David Frank to play some of these characters, and they, like, made these sick-ass ranger suits and stuff. Some of these designs might be based on their work, actually, now that I think about it. They're very similar. Uh So if you ever want to sweet evening of just like watching Ryu Hayabusa kick the shit out of Tommy the Green Ranger. Check out Rocket Jump stuff. They've got some really (laughs) cool fan things. And I think JDF is working on his own film too that's like kind of Power Rangers but totally not so they can escape copyright. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's smart. White Dragon something or other. I don't know. It's got a lot of the old actors. It looks really cool. Mm. And also very budget. (laughs) So outside of that, what's your like game of the year? Oh gosh. Uh uh let me talk about some ones that are like super notable cuz I think right now my choice for absolute like pure joy and quality is Resident Evil 2 remake. But I was very impressed with Ukulele and the Impossible Layer, that game just turned around how I feel about those characters. And it's, like, super good. It feels like Donkey Kong Country. We had that recent interview with Gavin, which was awesome. And that's just a really, yes. really solid 2D pr- platformer. I was also yeah, no. super impressed with Trover Saves the Universe on PlayStation VR. That's the best VR game I've played so far. Really? And that's because it's not super complicated. Like, it's a VR game, but it is very much in the sense of a very simple adventure kind of hack-and-slashy sort of thing. That's <laughs> That's a sleeper. I, if Even if you don't like Rick and Morty style humor, which this game is 100% that, <laughs> like definitely give it a shot if you're into VR at all. Mm-hmm. It's I did not expect it to be a hack and slash. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a super <laughs> simple, like Zelda almost, but without any of the like major puzzles. Okay. It's cool. I, I recommend checking it out. I've got a review on Maruna's Rock. I think I gave it a 10. Like, I really liked it. <laughs> the other surprise um, was Plague Tale Innocence, the game about the rats. It's that one. So the rat that, game. Yeah, that one's done by, I believe, a French developer. And, like, I saw the tech demos that they were creating with the rat swarms a long time ago. And they finally came out. And I was like, oh, cool. I, I like the idea of a rat storm. I'm terrified by it. But sure, I'll play. And I played it. And I, I gave it, like, a nine. Like, it's really solid. It's very straightforward in, with its stealth mechanics and some of the action-based sort of things. It feels like... 
Hellblade without that combat. So you're like going through an environment in third person and you have these different things and it's real like visceral and it's good. It's like real good. Mm. Can't wait for whatever yeah. sequel or whatever. The Innocence or whatever? A Plague Tale Innocence, yes. Gotcha. Now is that out or coming out? No, it's out. It's been out since like July or something. Oh, oh okay, okay. Sorry, I thought A Plague Tale and then Innocence was like a DLC or something. No, that's the subtitle. So I assume whatever we get next is A Plague Tale something. <laughs> a Plague Tale Sin. <laughs> yeah, no. This year's been really, really good for games lately. I've played some stinkers, but I have played some very good titles. Yeah, there's been a lot of hype, especially the last, like, couple months, you know, with Borderlands 3. Oh, God, the Jedi Fallen Order was a huge hyped thing. People love that. Right, and we're about to walk into, like, the weird March gaming season. Oh, my God, March is going to be crazy. (laughs) Right? So, speaking of March being crazy and, you know, like, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake coming out. On the note of Final Fantasy VII, I'd share a concern with somebody I had commented to on Twitter earlier today. Yeah? We're really getting close to the remake coming out, and there's still nothing on Red 13. Oh, I saw that tweet. (laughs) Um, I don't necessarily care. (laughs) I loved Red, though. He's fine. He's cool because he's a dog thing. Uh, He's cool. Like, don't get me wrong. I I like him as a character. But He's the rocket raccoon of the Final Fantasy VII universe. I don't know. I'd give that to Kate Sith, if anything. Kate Sith, I can't wait to see that monstrosity. (laughs) Kate Sith is just a cat riding a robot. Like a weird, gross robot with fat rolls. (laughs) Okay, okay. So can you imagine, because we both love Final Fantasy IX, seeing uh, Quina remade? Yeah, I'd love it. (laughs) I want that so bad. But I... Do you know what I want more than that? A Legend of Dragoon remake. Oh, I want that so much. I have found a small group of people on Twitter that are also in the mindset of me that anytime somebody's like, oh, a company will post a, a whatever and they're saying, oh, what game should we make next? Even if they have no way they would do it, I'd be like, Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's like seven or eight people that are like echo chambering me and I love it. <laughs> That's all you gotta do is just get more and more people on that bus. Oh, there's some good fan art that they've been sharing. I want it. I I need to play it on the channel in some capacity or do like a similar study like I did with Metal Gear Solid. I love yeah. that game. But the last time I visited it, I was like, mm, story's kind of cliche. Gameplay's not great. It's still really cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> like if I were to rate it subjectively, it'd get like a six, maybe a seven, right? But me as a person, I love this game to death. So it gets like a nine. <laughs> All right. And so what are you looking forward to now with the year winding down? Ooh, before March? (laughs) Before March. Because March, it's definitely Final Fantasy. Uh, There's some games that I like, I really want to spend more time with. I want to finish a medieval. I'm getting ready to jump into System Shock 2 for a podcast guest appearance, which hopefully you'll get to join. (laughs) I really hope so too. And I hope I also get to play System Shock before that happens. Yeah, System Shock 2. That's the one we're going to really like dissect. I need to play them both. I bought a bunch of stuff on Switch too that I need to play. I got Devil May Cry 5. I want to sit down and play that. Wargroove. I started, I played the first match, and I was like, yep, this is the type of game I will like. I haven't touched it. So <laughs> I, I really want to go through some more groove for some strategy RPGs. There's some stuff that I want to touch before we get to our, like, okay, here's our end of the year, like, best of 2019 accolades, so to speak. But that's kind of where I'm sitting with that. I want to finish Fallen Order before the end of the year. Uh, I need to do that soon. <laughs> 
I just realized it's the 30th. It's true. You've got a whole like 12 hours. But what were your surprises of this year, though? Oh, man. Because you've played a lot of games that are perpetual. Like me and you've played a lot of Monster Hunter. You've done some Fortnite. But have you played anything that you're like, wow, this is really like quality? Um, Honestly, I was really impressed with like uh, perpetual moving games stuff in that area with um, Apex coming out. I think that company did really well joining into the Battle Royale market. Yeah, respawn. The game looks nice. It feels super fluid. Yeah. Like regardless of like the nitty gritty of like whether you agree with like a lot of the fighting that happens and like, you know, who's doing what and how good it is, like yada yada yada, whatever. The game's beautiful feels great moves well they're still going in a market that's dominated by fortnite yeah yeah apex really surprised me because i when it comes to multiplayer shooters i just kind of like am interested in the ideas of it or watch high level people play i don't really like playing them myself because i'm not great at them (laughs) but i like apex i think it's fun it's a great like weekend sort of game and out of the battle royales it's my favorite yeah i really like it i need to play some more of it i actually just updated pretty much everything caught back up on the pc so i can start doing more pc gaming yeah properly yeah no i think overall i think the biggest surprise for me this year has been respawns games as a company especially since they took the mantle up to do fallen order correct yeah yeah that was them uh they kind of picked up the pieces because ea has brought a lot of studios in and out working on a like single player star wars they've pivoted it they've like dismantled it they made it into a multiplayer they released battlefront like they've been really messy with that particular section of like their game design people right and so the fact that they like actually got something out the door and it's pretty good and people like it that's kind of impressive especially when you've got big daddy ea looming over your shoulder (laughs) Right. I mean, everybody's fear is that it's just a matter of time before EA eats Respawn. Oh, they'll jettison them eventually. But those people will carry on based on their resumes, hopefully. Yeah, just based on the work that they've done with those things. I mean, it'll be great. And the fact that they actually got to release a single player Star Wars game for the first time in like, what, 10 years? Something like that. Yeah, it's been a bit. And it's hit well. People uh, like it. (laughs) Yeah. People want that kind of thing. Who'd have thought? Right? Not EA, because they can't make money. Nope. Do you know what we need to do, actually, now that I'm, like, looking through my Steam library and just mm. kind of flicking through the page here? Me and you need to sit down and play Ashen. We have it. It's something that we want to do, because co-op Souls-like is something me and you've always really enjoyed, but it's always mm. been kind of yes. finicky, right? So hopefully Ashen is going to be one where we can just sit down, play, no worries about, like, oh, I have to have a particular resource or something. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah, let's let's knock that out. That should be some of our, like, early 2020. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that we will eventually have in review. It's something that we'll eventually maybe do a podcast discussion on. Either way, keep an eye on this channel, because there might be some sort of Ashen streams happening eventually. Right. Now that we know how to restream, we can hit a couple of places so you can go to your favorite one that you like to use the most and watch us there. Yeah. Uh, here's a game that's a indie that I've been interested in for a while now, but did, I haven't got to play it. I hear it's good, but I bought it finally. So step one, uh, Lost in Vivo is a Silent Hill type of like indie horror game and it's supposed to be scary as shit and I'm super excited <laughs> and I bought Deus Ex. Oh, yeah. Damn it, Dave. God, I bought it. <laughs> so now we can play and he can't yell at us anymore. Yeah, I bought the whole freaking package. They were all available. <laughs> So I got the whole fucking series. Let's go. 
Let's do it. <laughs> Maybe. All right. So there's some like, I have been hounded by my roommate, Eli, and, you know, one of my best friends who I've known most of my life. He's like, dude, you got to play Coder. You're loving Star Wars right now. Sit down and play Knights of the Old Republic. It's a great game. And I told him, sure, after System Shock. So maybe after System Shock, I will sit down and play Knights of the Old Republic. And that'll be another one that I, like, do a whole study on and do a stream or something, you know. Yeah, the story for Knights of the Old Republic is wonderful. That's what I hear. I hear it's good stuff. I've always, like, heard it listed as some of the best Star Wars games, period. Do you know what I hope you get to play sometime soon? And it wouldn't really bother me that much if you didn't, because I guess we could always, like, invite somebody else on the podcast to talk with us. Death Stranding. I played it. I beat it. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you? 40, 45, 50 hours, give or take. About a couple weeks of like playing most evenings. Okay. Several hours at it's a not time. Bad. Uh you could spend longer. You could spend slightly shorter. I mean I I stayed to the critical path ninety percent of the time. But if you wanted to run around and like max out your rankings to every city, you could easily spend 150, 200 hours in it. I have no doubt. I don't necessarily recommend doing that because I think that's not the best way to play this game, but you could. <laughs> No, I'm excited. I want to, I definitely want to get Death Stranding. That's on my early list of things to pick up. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Hopefully, me and you can sit down and have that discussion sometime soon. If not, I know a guy. <laughs> True. Who we're going to go hang out in his neck of the woods. So maybe if all us fails, we'll bring him to ours. Yeah, let's do it. So that could work. Yeah. I'm going to use this wall that's not overly shown over here to start getting figures set up. Ooh. And I'm looking for, um. oh, shoot, the night guy. Oh, Artorius? No. Uh, well, Artorius, maybe too, but uh, the Death Stranding night guy, the whole symbol oh, for the, the Kojima studio. Yes, I want that statue. <laughs> it's so cool. I just ordered a bunch of very simple Gunpla models because I missed making Gundams, specifically <laughs> to put them on my desk at work. <laughs> I have one desk ornament, and it's a tiny like little Final Fantasy IX thing, but I want robots, damn it. Everybody else has cool things on top of their desk. I want people to walk next to my desk and be like, wow. That guy's a fucking geek. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to know immediately. <laughs> yep, I like just robots. Need to get you man. an anime poster up there too. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I have a Fallout poster that a buddy of mine brought for me. So there's like a single Fallout poster and like a calendar <laughs> and a bunch of sticky notes. My desk is not super interesting right now. No, yeah, my my everything's pretty blank. I was talking to my um, wife about this. I freaking love robots, dinosaurs, and monsters and such. And you can tell some of my favorite games based on this, right? Like, my favorite games are Monster Hunter, uh, Final Fantasy, uh, Bloodborne. You know, I love The Unchosen's Evangelion and G Gundam and all that type of stuff. And I, I've, like, thought it in my head. I boiled a lot of things down. And I'm like, wait a minute. I just like monsters and robots. Huh. Monsters and robots. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever like Digimon? I played a lot of Digimon in the past few weeks. I did. I loved Digimon. And I loved a game called, or I loved a series called Monster Rancher. I remember Monster Monster Rancher. I didn't play it, but the, I knew about it. The game was really fun, and it was really interesting because it had you open your PlayStation in the middle of playing and put in different discs to summon different monsters. Yeah, I had a buddy who had it, and he's like, dude, can I borrow your PlayStation collection? I want to get some sweet monsters. And we were like, oh, sweet. Here's Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> Here's four discs. <laughs> right? Well, no, because it worked with everything. CDs, DVDs, PlayStation games. Yeah. Can you imagine playing that now? I've always thought that if somebody were to take, like, the idea of scanners back in the day, where you, like, scan a, a typical barcode and get stuff out of it, if somebody would put that as an app on phones, it'd be great. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a much easier system for it now. 
But, yeah, nowadays yeah. it would actually work. <laughs> <laughs> I love Digimon, though. I, I always thought that the plots and stuff were, like, actually well thought out. The characters were fun. And the, like, monster design was always really cool. And even today, I think those shows are great. Did you watch Monster Hunter try? Uh, Digimon try? I've seen... Digimon try, yeah, sorry. So the each episode's like an hour, an hour and a half long, right? I've seen two or three of those. I haven't seen all of them. But I'm watching a, like a similar type of special for Gundam right now. And so once I'm done with Gundam, maybe I'll go into that Digimon series and like actually sit down and watch it meaningfully. I like it, though. It's really cool. They're doing another Hell one. Yeah. They're doing one where they're like college kids or something. And it's supposedly the last time we'll see Ty. Hmm. But Is I've it... been playing Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth which is one of the most addictive RPG combat systems with just the worst story. <laughs> it's like 90% bad jet, like visual novel, but like the rest of it's this really excellent monster-raising RPG that's just really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, I just did a review for it like yesterday. I got a six, and because of that RPG system. <laughs> yeah, I keep seeing it pop up everywhere, but I've never actually picked it up. I got it originally on the Vita because I just wanted something RPG-like to play. And that's actually the game that I played on the drive up here to Juno was that Vita copy of Cyber Sleuth. And it was great because, like, me and Eli would go back and forth. We had something to talk about while we were doing it. And, like, if we stopped at a hotel, rather than, like, be kind of stressed out about this move, I would spend some time playing Digimon. Just mindlessly grinding. Getting those megas. Hell yeah. That's fun. If you look at how many hours I've spent on the Switch, on my file, it says like 200, but that's a lie. If you keep the Switch in sleep mode, it continuously counts, apparently. No. But it's fun. I've put a lot more time than I intended to. It's just a really addictive little RPG. (laughs) All right, man. Well, this is going to be where I have to go to bed. Yeah, it is late for you. So anybody who's still hanging out, thank you for hanging out with us. It's been a really fun year. We'll have accolades sometime in the middle of January, unless we get super caught up with all these interviews that we have scheduled. That'll be really fun. I can't wait to show those off. Yeah, we have some exciting stuff coming up. And I have like a backlog of things that I have to get to. Yes. And actually put into the website from where I started getting the house in the middle of it all. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll get you straightened out. It'll it'll work. And then we gotta figure <laughs> out what we're doing for some of the monetization options to actually like get meaningful and worthwhile ad content that'll help support us. So Forever Classic Games is something that has really taken off this year, and I just want to put more energy into it. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I want to make it bigger and better and have cooler things and have cooler stories and just talk to more people and be, have it be more interesting. That's my goal. We will, and it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Everybody have a good night. As always, stay cool. Stay cool.